It's time for the Charlotte FC podcast. Block, Tuzbiak's going to get it back. Westwood, rather Vargas, the touch, the finish! Goal, 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 goal! Goal, goal, goal! The Alba, whipped in, good ball! Oh! Christian Kalina, a save to save the season! Crowd belongs to Charlotte! And Charlotte FC, if the results hold, have clinched its first playoff berth in club history! Today on the show, we have Alex Proust. He's the director of the Pro 2 Match Officials. So we're talking about match officials, not only for MLS Next Pro, but NWSL, who, is you, if you may have seen the previous night, the NWSL Finals, he's in charge of all match officials for the NWSL, also the USL. So there's a lot of people underneath his realm as far as referees and how how they learn and how they grow and how they are assessed. Um, so pretty cool to be able to talk with him and learn more about refereeing and how it works. So here we go with Alex. Well, Vitam, Alex, welcome to the Charlotte FC podcast. I'm just excited you're here today. I want to tell everybody a little bit about you and then kind of let you describe what your current role is. So Alex has a tremendous history in soccer or football. He's a, he's, he was a goalkeeper in Poland for about seven years. Uh, he's worked as an, a FIFA referee for six years. He actually was near us in Charlotte in 2011, did a little coaching stint at Gardner-Webb uh, for, for one season. Yeah, you probably forgot about that, right? Oh, I forgot about that. You're kidding me. <laughs> that must have been a crazy stuff. But then he went into what kind of his his forte is, is this refereeing. And he was with the U.S. Soccer Federation for almost 17 years, working a lot of collegiate games, but also MLS. And he's been referee of the year. He's actually the Hall of Fame for the collegiate referees. A lot of, lot of credentials there. And then he landed at Pro and has been there for the last 10 years as a game evaluator. Evaluator, but but your most current role is is really with Pro Two, and being the director of match officials. So Alex, can you uh, well, first of all, thanks for coming. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and that role? Hey, uh, thank you, Nick. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to speak to all of you. Uh, you really dig some dirt on me in this introduction. I completely forgot the stint with with college you know so uh, excellent work on your homework uh, but let's let's talk about the uh, present right now so uh, my role is to over, oversee the match officials for all professional matches below major league soccer so uh, officials who my staff and myself work with uh, will provide the uh, officiating services to nwsl US MLS next pro. So that's that's the bottom line what we're trying to do. And obviously, obviously our best officials are being looked at to be promoted to, to senior match officials uh, for pro and they have a chance to, to get the contract and work MLS patches. Well that that's a big ordeal because you only have somewhat of you know 
29 teams in MLS, but you have many more teams in Next Pro and all those lower and other divisions. So you manage a lot of referees. Is that true? Uh, it is still. It is still. We're managing around 80 officials, and that changes from, you know, from time to time, changes even during the year. Because sometimes we we promote somebody uh, mid season, uh, so our numbers uh, changing uh, constantly. And uh, this year is actually very very excited year because first time we our officials in Proto space we signed the first CBA that is gonna last for four years. So so they actually were trying to uh, increase the working conditions for our officials. Uh, all the time and the cba really uh, help us uh, to do so so uh, they don't have a big contracts like mls officials uh, but they still have to hold the regular jobs mm -hmm. uh, but uh, by signing the cba is they uh, put the the laws kind of in place so uh, both sides know what they can do uh, yeah, and with the growth of the game in, in the state specifically, it sounds like that CBA is going to help promote them to be more full-time folks and not just have to, to work and be able to concentrate on their craft and get better. Yeah, exactly. This is like, I have conversations, obviously, because of my role with with teams, with coaches, with players during the preseason meeting. It's like, I ask them the question, like, how how you think you would perform if I ask you to go from Monday to Friday, do 10-hour shifts, you know, and then go to training, take care of your families, take care of your, take care of your loved ones, and still come on Saturday and, and be the best player out there, you know? And they're like, oh, oh, your officials do this. Yes, actually, they do this, you know? They, they hold the full-time jobs. They they have families, they have kids, and after five days of work, they're actually getting on the plane, leaving their families, and they serve your game on the weekends. So it's it's huge dedication. So I'm very proud of of the group that we have uh, in Proto Space. Well, that's fantastic. So can you tell me a little bit about what your role involves, like some, some of your daily tasks? Like if we were to shadow you, what would you, we see you doing daily? What would you be doing like every once in a while if it's not like a daily task? Yeah. So listen, it's I can divide this on during the season and off season. The all completely changes. But during the season, actually, we, we have a set schedule with myself and entire total coaching staff. First, we have to assign all matches. So we usually assign within uh, three weeks in advance. So we assign all, all matches. Then we, on Monday, we evaluate all matches from the weekend. Obviously, we're, over the weekend, we're watching the games, uh, as many games as possible. But we're, in our space, we're dealing with sometimes 50 matches over the weekend uh, and our staff is not huge, you know, so mm -hmm. it's very, very hard to see every single minute of every single match. Uh, moving forward, uh, obviously there's every weekend some decisions happens that probably are not popular with uh, some teams. So uh, I have to kind of uh, pass the, our relationship with, with Vix 
and with the teams and explain the decision, you know, why this happened and we provide the reports to the leagues as well on, on weekly basis. And any coach, I have a system set up that any coach wants explanation or, or wants to talk about the referee's performance. In addition, what in addition what they do dictate by the EEC, they feel the, the free evaluation, but that's dictated by the EEC, not us, but uh, I'm open book. They can contact me, we can jump on webinar, I can prepare the clips, we can go step by step why certain decisions we make. And listen, if there's 100% wrong decision, I'll be the first one to put my hand up and apologize to the club and admit that we did make mistake. Mm-hmm. And I guess on the other side, too, you can say, this was not a mistake. This is why the call was made. And now you understand. Yeah. Listen, I, 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 find out, I found out that some coaches, they don't know all laws. You know, mm-hmm. uh, when I played, when I played a long time ago, uh, I didn't know all laws. There was eye-opening when somebody asked me, hey, uh, you, you're injured now. You cannot really play. You want to take the free course. I said, still being grieving in Poland, right? And I said, yeah, why not? You know, and then I quickly realized how little I know about the loss of the game. Yeah. And I thought I know everything. Uh, I played at professional level. Uh, never a great player, but I did play. I was on the team, you know. Uh, being goalkeeper, I was mostly on, on, on the bench, you know. But, right. <laughs> but play, play minutes from here to there, you know, and I thought I know everything. But mm-hmm. it was eye-opener for me. And sometimes talking to coaches is like, Okay, you got this actually wrong, you know, 100%. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're learning from each other. The the coaches are great, you know. There's emotions during the game. We all understand, right? Sometimes they're, they're losing their cool, but when I, I'm speaking with them three, four days afterwards, they're so professional, you know, we have a great conversation. They totally understand how difficult officiating is. And how often does that happen? Is it pretty normal that you'll you'll talk with a club after and say, "Here's let's evaluate this, let's go over it," or is it just every once in a while when somebody's really pressing? Yeah, once in a while, you know. Uh, if I tell you I do this every day with five coaches, that means I'm not the good educator for the officials. You know, the officials mm-hmm. not performing very well. So it's listen, they. Uh, they, they you know they busy also you know so they're not gonna call about the like, long foul in the middle of the field or they can't do anything or, about it anyway yeah anyway you know they if if there's serious or, or decisions that maybe go against one team you know and they feel they kind of on the short end of the stick then uh, probably they will reach out you know mm-hmm. so yeah and as far as like you said, you just like I talked with Alan Kelly, who does the the MLS referees kind of planning and organizing. Do you group and have certain referees with each other, knowing that they work well together, or is it is it more random? It's more difficult in our space because Alan is working with full time referees, right? Mm-hmm. That's their job. It's so easy to group them, right? Because they basically be able to to earn on weekly basis in mm-hmm. our group maybe i would group some referee with couple of hours but then 
one AR has a work commitment, the other AR has family commitment, and it's very difficult. And, and also, uh, we have some restraint, financial restraint in our space. Like we don't have an open checkbook to travel every single official for every single game, mm -hmm. especially when we go to the lower divisions. To division three, like US one is division three, MLS next door is division three. There's the small financial uh, situation, right? So we have to right. look for local officials, right? Uh, so there's a lot of challenges in such a big country as USA is. Yeah. So you talked about during the season. What about off season? What is your What does your job look like? Yeah, uh, and I, I just one more point uh, during the season because. Every game in NWSL and USL championship is observed, is assessed by pro assessor. And that's a different department who organize. But uh, how assessment is done, the independent pro assessors watches the game, debriefs the officiating crew, and then writes the report that includes also key match incidents. The assessor believe they were correctly given or maybe missed. And then on Wednesday, uh, myself and two other Proto staff will meet and we evaluate every single key match incident. Because sometimes maybe we we agree with assessor, sometimes maybe we agree with referee. Maybe there's a lot of decisions, gray area decisions, you know. Sometimes the video in our space is not as clear as in MLS because mm -hmm. of the number of cameras. So, so the angles are not the best, quality is not the best. So uh, we have a hard time to, to say to the referee, you're wrong if we cannot really see well on the video ourselves, right. you know? Right. That, that would be like, I know the team saying the referee is wrong, but but we really cannot say it's 100% wrong. So right. uh, we believe maybe, but maybe not you know so I, I think every area has some room for growth there because of the cameras not being available at your level for certain things and then at the at the MLS level you know like goal line cameras and stuff like that they're not they're not there yet even though I know they're coming um it's just that kind of stuff is hard to evaluate when you're not there yeah exactly you know and we don't we don't have a funds to to have the people in the in the stadium for the game like the assessment. But even if you sit in the stadium, you know, I did a lot of assessments in my lifetime, right? After I retired. And I still working a little bit uh, for CONCACAP, uh, assessing international match matches, right? Even in the stadium, sometimes you're sitting at something happened 70 yards away from you. You know, you have this feel like your mm -hmm. gut reaction, oh, I'm not sure about this one, or oh, that's great decision, right? But then you really have to go to the video and, and see the different uh, angles mm -hmm. when it comes to penalty kick, the really the, the best angle is more, most likely from behind the goal. They really don't have this sitting in the in the stands, right? right. So it's... Uh, it's, it's not as easy, you know, it's not yeah. as easy as it looks. Uh, and also it's not easy to evaluate, mm -hmm. especially when it comes to the gray area decision. I, first time, first time this season we organize because NWSL introduced VAR, right? 
<laughs> so we went to every single team and we conducted the pre-season meetings with players, coaching staff, administrative staff for each club. And, and we do this in MLS for the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years. It's a mm -hmm. mandatory meeting. And it's very helpful. So NWSL, first time we did it. It was very great discussions. You know, I really want to thank all players and coaching staff to kind of open up in these meetings. And we show some gray area decisions. And sometimes we had split in the room 50-50. Mm -hmm. And then I asked, so, so what is it? How you want me to evaluate? Tell this referee if decision is correct or incorrect. Right. When you cannot even agree here among yourself. So when it comes to penalty kick, most likely all attacking players, oh, 100% penalty. All <laughs> defenders and goal, 100%. Oh, that's great tackle. What are you guys talking about? You know, so they starting against each other. Right. It, was, it, it was great, you know. Listen, we, many times we don't agree in pro stuff. We mm -hmm. split 50-50. Like I sometimes says PK, and I say, no, not for me. It's, you know, it's not enough. You know, and, and we, it is what it is at the Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a decision. Even if you look at video, that like you said, it's just you, you're going to have that gray area, and people are going to have different perspectives of what they see, and what that means, and how yeah. they interpret the laws. And, and if you follow the team, you're always going to be a little bit biased. Mm -hmm. You know, I, after I retired, I, I I picked the team, you know, because when I officiate, I kind of stay out of it, you know. Even, of course, uh, being from Poland, uh, always the Polish national team, you know. Mm -hmm. And while I, I was growing up, that's how I got actually to soccer, is because when I was eight years old, the Polish national team won the Olympics in 72. Right, nice. I, I'm yeah. old. I'm old man. Right, <laughs> I just gave my age. Right, it doesn't matter. Uh, that's fine. And then '74, they they were told place in the World Cup in Germany. Mm -hmm. And to get to the World Cup, we were in the group with Wales and England. And that's I think so. The only maybe time the England didn't qualify. Wow, for the World Cup because we went to England. To Wembley Stadium, and we had to at least tie the game. And there was like, oh, they're gonna like roll over us 10 0, you know, like before the games. They, they were like calling our goalkeeper clown. And our goalkeeper had game out of his mind, Tomaszewski. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You probably don't remember these names. And no. And uh, the, the only goal they scored was on, on penalty kick, you know, we tied the game 1 1. We knocked them out of the uh, World Cup. It was crazy story, you know. Yeah, and, and I'm like ten years old watching this, you know. That's how I got hooked up, you know. That's why yeah. I, they start playing, and the rest is history. Really. You know, I uh, I just have a passion for it. I love it, you know, uh, on either side. Now you're a goalkeeper, right? So what made you want to be a goalkeeper? Uh, maybe uh, one thing I wasn't really fast very fast right so probably I got attacking players who out of picture I could maybe survive you know uh the center whatever uh, but uh the second tipping point was uh my sister married the goalkeeper who played for the first team in my club and I was oh. like U12 maybe at the moment U13 I was already in the youth system and uh, you know what uh, he was like 
my buddy, he was playing for the first team. Then he moved I'm from small city, uh, start mm-hmm. of all, I was in second division, right? We're in second division. And then he moved to the first division to big club, Gornik Zabrze, you know, and, and he gave me the goalkeeper gloves, you know, and I said, yeah, I try. <laughs> and I never left it, you know, from the yeah. cage. <laughs> so, yeah. Pretty, pretty good story, you know. But that's, that's, a- that's that's awesome. So when you're going back to your, your role and your job here, and you talk about, you know, we talked about all the stuff that goes on in season and the important stuff of, of getting people to see things on the same page and understand, you know, about those gray areas. How do you narrow or help those gray areas not be so gray? You know, if we, if we were to kind of take each kind of component of what officials do, whether it's fouls, yellow cards, red cards, offsides, whether to review something for VAR, stoppage time, just game management. How do you help them? And is the off-season the time to do that? Off-season, yes, because we're kind of preparing the education, preparing the preseason camp. And in January, we have a preseason camp that we have our education moving into new season. However, we don't want to wait so long. We don't want to finish the, the year with many mistakes. We have to keep collecting them from week to week. So one collection is our assessors. How I mentioned, they, they watch the game, they have a debrief and they they ex-professional referees, you know, with mm-hmm. a lot of experience and they have a, a also to stay up to date. But uh, in Proto staff, we're creating, we call this Proto wrap-up after every week. Mm-hmm. So if we see some trends, you know, from different leagues, can be NWSL, can be USL uh, Championship, can be MLS Next Pro. Uh, but I give you an example. We in the middle of the season we struggle a little bit with Doxo, denying goal scoring opportunity. You know, our officials were taking the uh, screenshot. You know, that's what we call like freeze frame. A little mm-hmm. bit too late. You know, the foul happened. That's where we should judge Doxo. Where the other defenders are, what's the distance to go? If if the attacking player will uh, get the possession back, right? Right. Uh, which direction the attacking player is going? Like all four these, right? We call this. But our officials were kind of uh, foul happen. They wait maybe second, and in one second, the situation tactical situation is changing so drastically. They were mm-hmm. missing because the, the covering defender was much closer to the ball. Mm-hmm. The, within one second, then at the moment, actually at the moment of offense. Right. So we, we created the series uh, videos, uh, and one of I, one of staff who works with me, Mark Adresi, he he's kind of in charge of creating this education with with help of every single uh, coach. Uh, in our group is I always say it's team effort right it's team mm-hmm. effort but he's kind of like collecting the clips and and, and we have a, a division one uh, ex division one coach on our staff Amy Edwards who coach division one college you know knows all tactics and helping us from this side and and, and she's our video analysis right now so she creates Laroyak uh, arrows, you know, where mm-hmm. to go, uh, very good using coach paint, excellent work she does. 
and we created this uh, several videos and after three four weeks the dog so was not uh, an issue anymore you know uh, mm -hmm. it was still miss from time to time right nobody's perfect but we didn't miss as many you know our yeah. per percentage of correct dogs or decision improved drastically in every league you know uh, so yeah no that's good what about uh, so if we if you were to in any type of you know development of these referees how besides knowing the laws like how do you teach them when to use a yellow card even though we know the the rules say this is a yellow card it doesn't always get called. Like you said, there's some gray area there. And you know, what is what is kind of what is taught for that? Yeah, so uh, our referees, they have a one-on-one sessions. Each referee is assigned in total space. Each referee is assigned to the referee coach. And they have a one-on-one sessions uh, every two weeks. So they, they get uh, on the Zoom call like we are now. The coach prepares some videos. The referee prepares some videos. Maybe they have questions. Maybe something happened in the game. Maybe something happened watching international game. And, mm -hmm. and oh, that was a controversial decision. Can we go over this decision, right? Right. So, so they meet together and they go through it, you know. And it's a new joint pro tool. The officiating changes, right? Because you actually have a personal coach, right? Mm -hmm. It's like me, goalkeeper, right? I have a, I always had the goalkeeper coach on the staff, right? Right, right. Uh, so I didn't really talk much to the head coach unless I, I screw up the soft goal and the, he yelled at me in the locker <laughs> room, right? Right, uh, that's, right. That's that happened quite a few times, you know. Uh, but the relationship with assistant coach was, uh, with the goalkeeper coach was totally mm -hmm. different, right? Because he he become kind of my friend, right? Uh, I could right. I could share my concern, you know. Uh, and I, if I ask, please keep keep this between us, you know. It, it was trust. After a few months working together, we build the trust. The same concept is here, right? Like we hire somebody new, we assign the free coach. It takes six, eight, ten months, and they start clicking together, right? Mm -hmm. They that's why really the education is starting uh, at this point, you know, because they open up. They're mm -hmm. not afraid to bring the wrong decision to the right. coach. They're not good. The coach will not going to throw them under the bus. They will not probably bring the wrong decision to assessor because they're fighting for the points, right? Right, yeah. Uh, the assessor's job is to find those uh, decisions, right? Right. In in coaching is 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 I don't even go to the coaching sessions when they talk private. You know, right. if I have an issue, I will phone a free and I will go over the way I want to go over. You know, but uh, that's the private space, and I I really stay away from it. You know, right? Because you're trying to develop them, and if you just always swoop in, just like anybody's in a leadership role, if they're always having to swoop in, then the other people, what are they doing? You know exactly, exactly. I think so. We have a good, uh, good, good system going on. You know, we have a we have a good staff. We have a dedicated officials who want want to learn and want to get better. So, yeah, that's good. Um, is there is there something specific 
that is taught or emphasized about certain things like offsides could be something that someone could say, well, this is really emphasized or this is what we're looking at. Do you all as pro referees and the way you all doing things, you focus on a certain way of interpreting that? If you could explain. Yeah, of course, the, the offside, we, we just have the change, a little bit change of interpretation, deliberate, not deliberate play. Right by by defenders, it happens before this uh, season. So we went with Lalo education and and touch every single assistant free, and we also actually explained this to the teams in our preseason meetings uh, mm -hmm. with NWSL. But the officials who come get to our level, right? Most likely they know what the foul is. You know, mm -hmm. if they don't know what the foul is, they probably not reaching our level, right? right? They, right. They, they still working maybe youth or amateur soccer. And you have to go through the system, right? Through the pathway. This experience in the officiating is very, very important, you know? Like, I always make analogy because of my background playing. I always try to make analogy we're teaching the phrase like you're coaching players. You know, we're, we're the same. Like even our structure, like Alan Kay, we've seen so much officials. That's that's the first team. I think about myself as a reserve team, right? The mm -hmm. second team, you know, the, we have another bucket of officials that is talent ID. They kind of like you 21. They older, right? But when you really go... There's almost exact what's happening on the player side, right? right. So, so uh, I know I'm going around the old question, you know, but <laughs> there's the reason for that. So I think so. Like foul cautions, they kind of know they still make mistake from time mm -hmm. to time, right? It's still gray area decision, but I'm more interested in coaching how they manage the players because they. They're going to the professional games, right? right? So it's very important how you really manage the players. What's what's the interaction between the official and the player? Are you just using the cards to control the game, or you're using your personality to control mm -hmm. the game? That's that's the difference, you know. Like and the amateur, you you go with the laws, right? You move up. You know, the best referees who go to the highest level, they actually have a big personality and they they are able to, to speak to the big-time players, mm -hmm. manage them, get them on your side. You know, uh, right. if you just do my way or the highway officiating, right. I don't think so. You're going to be very, very successful at the professional level. You, yeah. you you have to know when to be stern, when to be firm, but you also must know when you can crack the smile, when you can do some jokes, when you right. can actually show your human side, you yeah. know, uh, to the players. Yeah, and managing the game is is tricky in that, you know, you're just meeting or seeing all of them at once and then game happens and maybe it's not an egregious foul. Maybe it's just a foul. And some may use it, be like, oh, I can tell the intensity of the game. I want to start off with a yellow, even though in gray area, somebody could say, yes, it is a yellow. 
one official might say, nope, that's not a yellow because I know if I start giving yellows for now, they're going to ask for yellows for this and this and this. And then now the game maybe gets out of hand. Whereas another one might say, you know what? I'm not going to do it because of this. Exactly. Yeah. The first caution of the game, first foul you call, first caution you give, sets the tone for the entire game. If you go too low, it's not going to be a successful professional game. If you go too high, you can lose the game as well. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to bring the game back, you know, if you if you misjudge, you know, if it's something 100, 100%, even it's that card, it is that card, you know. And I'm, listen, my friends probably laughing right now when they're listening because I was the guy who they always said I never gave that cards. I always <laughs> manage my way out of difficult situation. But the times change. Yeah, I'm changing with the times. Uh, the model game is different than I used to officiate 20 years ago. It, it, the players get were getting away with more than now, right? Right. Uh, the the way the way how we officiate is different right now. You know. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, when I'm speaking with the coaches, the the most complaints is about consistency. Mm-hmm. When they send me the clip, they send me, oh. Uh, you caution the your the referee cautioned my player for this. Twenty minutes later, he didn't caution the the opposite player for very very similar thing. So right. they find if they both got cautioned, they find if they both didn't get cautioned, but they just not find if the one player gets cautioned, not the other. So the consistency. So sometimes the the same foul, the same caution. In this game, maybe next game, it's not a caution anymore or not a foul. So we have to we have to be consistent within the game. That's what I always say. Every game is different, right? Uh, some games start very very physical, and maybe we have to be more strict. Some games they building to the physicality over the time, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe you can be more lenient in certain situations. So it's all. The feel for the moment, right? The feel for the game. That's very. That's the most dif- difficult to teach young yeah. officials. Very, very difficult. You kind of either have it or you don't have this, right? It's, it, it's very difficult skill to teach. You know. Yeah. But that for me is the most important, and the second most important is anticipation of the next phase of play. Yeah, yeah. The first coming on beginning to us, they are reacting to things. You know, they mm-hmm. don't see two passes ahead. It's like great players; they know two passes ahead before they happen. Right? That's mm-hmm. why they the best players on the pitch. You know, the good officials they they kind of know where the ball goes before the ball is kicked. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, we got a couple more minutes left on this. Do you? Uh... You follow the Polish national team still? Yeah, I still I still do. Uh, you know, uh, they actually won yesterday. Two zero. Two we zero. Have, we have two Polish players at Charlotte, so our, uh, we have two DPs that are that are Polish players. So one of them's actually uh, with the team right now, uh, Karol Swiderski. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I'm aware of it, and they have a, a game on Sunday. I believe the second game they play on Sunday. So Moldova. Uh, yeah, Moldova. Yeah, and they, well, they lost so... to last time three two, and they're only a point ahead. 
Exactly, exactly. So we were a little bit in trouble uh, in this qualification uh, <laughs> cycle, you know, but uh, yeah, uh, oh, of course, of course. Uh, I'm actually lucky because I have now two national teams, right? Yeah. I, I'm in the USA since 1990, long time, right? Citizen. Uh, so I, I follow both, you know, so uh, and uh, I don't know if you recall the one World Cup, I forgot the year. Uh, actually, Poland was together with USA in the same group. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the year, but yeah. In, 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 yeah. Uh, so it was interesting for me. I, mm -hmm. I didn't know who to roll for, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that There's always going to be, I'd have that with Italy too. So my father's from there. Uh, all right. Well, I appreciate you giving us some time before we leave. Is there anything that you would like to tell our audience about Pro2 officials and what what to look for and, you know, how to help them understand the game better? Um, I actually would like to, uh, would like to say the, maybe forget, uh, forget the uh, two officials. I, I want to talk about the, the bigger issue is about uh, abuse happening against officials and every single level. Uh, and uh, if we don't, if we don't uh, deal with it, and we don't stop. Uh, I tell you what, in, in 10, 20 years, we already sh have a huge shortage uh, with officials, right? There's a lot of low le lower level games that uh, officials are not uh, showing up mm -hmm. anymore because nobody wants to do it anymore. So uh, I don't know what it is. Uh, and I know it's hard. I know I yell at the, at the free. I cannot believe that I actually became a free because I was pretty uh, not nice uh, in my playing days. Because uh, being goalkeeper, you know, you get away mm -hmm. with more. Talking about officials, like you said, officials are, you know, it's a tough job. So what, what would you like to say for people who want to become officials or getting people to become officials? Kind of more about how to how to join this process. Yeah, thank you. Very, very important question, very loaded question. You know, obviously, uh, there's a lot of benefits uh, when you become uh, referee, right? Especially when you get to high highest level, you you have uh, the best seat, seat in the in the in the house. You know, uh, you're close to the professional players. You serve the game. You know, it's it's a lot of enjoyment, a lot of fun that comes with it. On the other hand, there is huge problem in our soccer society, and the problem is abuse, especially of young officials. We're losing so many good aspects because they don't want to deal. They don't want to deal with parents. They don't want to deal with coaches. They don't want to deal with with players. And when we ask young players why, why are you doing this why are you behaving like this oh we see this on tv you know uh, so it's trickled down from professional game uh, because mm -hmm. uh, sometimes uh, sometimes the players are over the board you know and and i probably the last person who should speak because i was over the board a few times in my career you know so right. uh, i i kind of i kind of understand being former professional player, right? Being former professional referee. I also got into coaching when I retired from officiating and I coach uh, youth level, make mm -hmm. living of it, you know. So 
So my job was also in jeopardy, you know, if I not if I gonna lose everything, you know, right. they they're gonna look for another coach, even though it was premier youth teams, right? Mm-hmm. But so so and now I'm administrator, right? So I know how the player feels when the when the game when we're losing the game because of the bad decision. I know how the referee feels when the referee makes mistake and causes the game uh, to be lost to one of the team. And I tell right. you what, I tell you what, I know how coach feels. I know how administrator feels now in charge of officials, you know. I tell you what, the worst feeling was when I was referee and I make mistake and the team lost. You know, that was much right. worse feeling than I lost the game as a player, you know. I move on, you know, mm-hmm. I, after a while, right? We had another game to win, you know. With free sits with me, you know. i never going to forget. I don't remember my good games. Yeah. I, I, I can tell you very specifically my worst decision that probably in my career, they almost, almost broke, broke me mentally. And I yeah. was pretty established working in MLS for several years. Mm-hmm. And I did the game. I missed 100% penalty kick. <laughs> Houston Chivas, you know, when we had Chivas around. Bob Brady was coaching Chivas, I believe, right. at the moment. Dominic Kenya was coaching. It was a horrendous decision, you know. And it still sticks in my head. Right. I, can't, I cannot get there. I almost walk off the pitch after that. Were you, are, were you just not sure what you were looking at or thinking, or just you just really can't go back? No, there? It, it, it was like last second of the game, and my head was already in the locker mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then uh, the, the team had throwing, supposed to throw up, the game would be over, but the player decided to towards his own goal. And it was quick interception, and I'm like in the center sick of thinking about what I'm eating for dinner, Papa B, you know, uh, <laughs> Who knows, ha- right? happen and I choke, right. you know, yeah. it's, uh, that, this I remember, I don't remember my good decisions. Right. So, so uh, th- what I'm trying to say, the, the officials are humans, right? And we have to treat them as a humans, right? We cannot abuse them out there. Because in 10 years, there, there will be no games. There will be no soccer. All right. You, you can't have video or automatic for everything. It's exactly. Just... Because uh, that's my problem. My pool is shrinking. I'm, I try to pull the best officials from the pool below me, right? And if there is no new people, no new kids coming and joining this, the pool is getting smaller and smaller every year. So I have smaller pool to pick my the best officials yeah that's it's the tough. issue you know yeah. it's it's i know i know it's tough i know it's hard to watch mistake and don't react you know but we, we're human we have we, we have to control ourselves a little bit you know yeah uh, i think probably on all sides the fans have to have more grace the players do the officials you know they know they're doing stuff and they're trying their best I feel like for the most part, that's what's happening. It's not people trying to do something uh, to be against somebody or vindictive. I think everybody's trying to do their best they're they're trying to do. And all we're trying to do is help them. So if we can build more of a culture that allows that, even at the younger levels, 
then people will be probably more open to officiating because this, hey, this is fun. I get to do this. You know, I get to be a part of something like this. Yeah. yeah. Listen, my, my son, uh, I, I got my son to officiate when he was in high school. I said, like, why you want to work in McDonald's? You know, you go, you learn, you, you have fun. And after like two months, he was pretty good. You know, he played soccer, you know, from uh, he knew the game, he understood the game. After two, three months, he dad, don't be mad. Why why are I gonna be mad with you? You know what? I rather work in McDonald's, you know. I mean that's your choice. I respect your choice. You can, you know, uh, I, I understand the stuff, you know. And you know, he walked away. Uh, right. Well, he tried it. That's that's what you want people to do is try stuff, because how do you know unless you try it? Exactly, exactly, you know, so not everybody, listen, I always tell players, you know, it's not too many players who really want to go to officiating. Right. It's funny, it's funny, right? They they complain about officiating entire career, you know, uh, going to the faces, but sometimes, yeah, let's try it, you know, I offer yeah. to, I offer to, when I go to meetings with teams, I offer to players, uh, listen, I, I give you the sh- shortcut. You know, yeah. Based on your experience, you don't have to go through all stages. You know, mm-hmm. you, you you're gonna be on fast track. No, no, no takers. You know, no but takers. I have a theory that goalkeepers tend to be the best either announcers or best referees, just because they're able to kind of they have to kind of watch the whole game all the time. Do you have or have you noticed any trend in the officials that seem to be better than others by position which they played prior? By position, huh. the thing is, uh, is it's not too many ex-players, yeah, becoming official. So it, it's hard to tell, you know. It's hard to tell. But uh, I would say the, I think so. The number ten playmaker mm-hmm. and goalkeeper or center defender can be actually good because of the position they play. You know, the center right. midfielder has to be aware what's around. Mm-hmm. Him all right, all right. the time. Has to have the head on the swivel, right? If you want to be good playmaker in the tight spaces, right? Uh, right. With a lot of players around it. That's kind of prepares you. That's something uh, as a referee, you have to do this as well. You have to you have to have the eyes around your uh, head, uh, you know, to succeed. And the goalkeeper, obviously, the center defender, they see everything, you know, they mm-hmm. kind of have a good knowledge of the game, good knowledge of the tactics. You know, they can they can actually anticipate what's happening, you know, because they they see everything in front of them. So yeah, very good. Yeah, I, I agree yeah. with you uh, on, on this one. Well, I, I also think that those positions that you shared also have to communicate probably more than any others to be able to direct people or, you know, get, places in the, in there. So that's also mm. another part of the game is that they can use that communication skills to kind of help, you know, when they're refereeing or officiating. Um, yeah. So. Uh, yeah. That's very good observation and communication is a huge part of officiating. You not only communicate between your team, between mm-hmm. your crew with assistance over the cam system with full official with VAR at, at the other level, but you also have to communicate with with the players from both teams. Yeah. It's not easy job to keep eleven 
players on both sides happy mm-hmm. you know i cannot right. even i cannot even keep my wife happy sometimes you know <laughs> and she's on my team you know right. to keep to keep 11 players on they want to win the game on this side this side and keep them all happy that's right. very very difficult task. and they're all so, looking for an edge some way or another exactly i always always say yeah assessment's great you know assessors give good feedback for me the best assessment was when somebody from music team came to me after the game and thanked me for the game mm-hmm. I, I i that for me that was the best assessment i knew the advice i was fair maybe not very good you know but the advice i was fair to both teams you right. know uh, that was for me the best best assessment that's awesome well that's a good way to end it we actually have if you don't mind we have a little short stoppage time thing that we we do these okay. are just going to be like quick personal answers Ooh. so it's stoppage time do you have a favorite personal ritual uh, right now yeah. uh, my, my favorite thing to do is to watch Liverpool playing for fun, you know. That's okay. the team I mentioned before. I never yeah. had a team. Now I'm a huge fan of Liverpool, you know, and how you probably know this, the officiating is big talking point uh, in, <laughs> yes. in Liverpool games uh, recently. So, but I'm being nice. Yeah. I'm not uh, saying a word about officiating. Okay, we'll spare you. Do you have a favorite nickname that a fan has given you mm-hmm. as, a, as an official? Nothing that I know, and probably the most names that I was called, I cannot really repeat on this show, you know, <laughs> so I will stay away from it. But was there a fun one that they that you thought, like, oh, that made me chuckle? Like, oh, that's a good thing. I never yeah. thought yeah. about No, I, I, usually they, they were calling me bad words, you know, yeah. coming from the stands. Uh, do, you have a, uh, do you have a go-to snack when watching a match or maybe during a match when you were officiating? Did you have, like, a particular snack that you always had to have or something? When I used to officiate, they knew even when I'm coming to the game, they knew I'm coming. The coffee must be ready at the moment I enter the locker room. That was the, my ritual, you know. I, I always joke with all three reasons, no coffee, no game, you know. So so they knew, yeah, they, the co- coffee was blowing, you know, for me. When I watch, uh, yeah. I just get some peanuts and cold one, you know, when I watch Liverpool and I try to enjoy myself, you know. All right. So this is a tricky kind of question. So just bear me out when I explain this. So design is like everywhere in in all things we do from like physical things to like just ideas or designs and like functionality. What component of design impresses you more, interior or exterior? Hmm, That's not easy question right uh, right <laughs> uh, i would say interior you know and i give you kind of analogy like designs can be beautiful from outside but for me what is really inside that's for me the most important you know if it's practical functional you know it's like we have saying yeah don't judge the book by by the cover right right something can be beautiful from outside but really not great inside you know Right. So I, I I would prefer in, interior being, you know, uh, right. that's what I would focus on, you know. Uh, Definitely. Do you find starting a project or finishing one more gratifying? Uh, I think so starting the starting the project for me, yeah. Do the great planning, 
because when you do light from beginning, it's much easier than, you know, if you not do the light things on beginning, then fixing the project going backwards, oh, that's long, that's long, that's long. Mm -hmm. It takes more time. So so I, I would prefer actually take the step back, do good planning, and start doing the right things from beginning. It's... Right. All right. What recharges you? Say it again. What recharges you? Oh, what recharges me? Uh, beach and go okay. on and go on bicycle you know either, either one you know i'm i'm close to the beach living in florida i love it you know nice and if you could play any position on the pitch in today's game what would it be and why hmm. and today's game obviously we know i was goalkeeper so right i i probably gonna go away from goalkeeper and i tell you what the, that's the reason why the goalkeepers are like the freeze right no, nobody remember they make 10 saves. Mm -hmm. They give up simple goal, easy goal in 90 minutes, and the team loses 1-0. Everybody complaining about goalkeeping. They can save five PKs during the game. Nobody will remember, right? Mm -hmm. Same like referees, right? It's the same. They can have a brilliant game. They miss one penalty kick in 89 minutes. The team loses 1-0. That's what everybody talking about. So... So I stay away from uh, goalkeeper. I would probably uh, go with center mid, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, and the reason I mentioned before, I wasn't very fast. I wasn't a great runner, uh, but I would like to actually have the ball the most of the time. You know, the <laughs> other people will win for me and they play through me. And I would like to help the teammates actually to score the goal. Uh, it's not about me. It's about the team to win. So... It would be actually be very, how you say it? Uh, I would be very thankful to let the other people actually succeed. Uh, awesome. Yeah. No. Well, Jenki, uh, Alex, I appreciate it. Thank you for being on. This was great. And I wish you the best of success. And if there's anything else we can do to help you, let me know. Okay. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed uh, talking to you. And Let's hope the you know the officiating will get better with time. Well, you are you are doing the right things. It just I think it just takes time for for that to develop. Not only for the people who are officiating and refereeing, but the people that understand what the laws are and what can be called and what can't be. So it's I think it's education on everybody's part. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, and we're all getting better. You know, in every every department, you know, players, coaches, officials. Uh, fans you know there's better understanding you know media you know uh, you, you guys are doing a great job as well you know to promote actually uh, all aspects of soccer so we we'll, really appreciate thanks have a good day okay you too thank you bye 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 well hopefully you all enjoyed that it was pretty awesome the more and more i talk with the the refereeing world and understanding what they go through and what type of training they get and the practice and the the mentorship and all of the the things that are are going on plus knowing you know that they're they're not full-time or full-time officials and and what they're they're looking at what they're focusing on uh, it's pretty cool uh, it also 
lets me to think, okay, there, there is a lot of gray area out there and, you know, we have to be patient. We have to be understanding as fans, but also, you know, we also want to demand the best of everything, just like everybody else. So uh, just some cool conversations and I hope we all just grow and better and understanding and helping each other. Yeah, there are some cases where we need to have some technology in play. And as you saw in the Inter-Miami game, uh, the cameras or the secret cameras, things were set up behind the goal. I see that as a standard next year uh, coming to MLS just because, first of all, it's time is due. And now, as far as in the MLS, it, it's, you know, you're going to have the same camera work across all all games, uh, whereas we didn't have that before, before the, the Apple deal. So I think that's going to be a, a much welcome thing. And as Alex talked about, one of the best views for a lot of things is going to be behind the goal. So not only the goal uh, technology to see if it crosses the end line, but also just looking at plays. So looking forward to that. Um, no official announcement yet, of course, but uh, I anticipate that coming along with just improved play on all the officials, and then, of course, us and fans and players and coaches, uh, just understanding uh, the roles and the perspectives of everybody and, and having those meetings, as Alex does with, with each of the teams, can only make things better uh, for refereeing around U.S. soccer and in any of these leagues. So, again, thanks for listening to the Charlotte FC Podcast. I'm Nick Finelli, your host. Please Follow us on X and Instagram at CLTFC Podcast. We're also at CLTFCPodcast.com or CharlotteFCPodcast.com if you want to go to our website and we'll be posting more stuff on YouTube. So if you want to get playlists there too. Looking forward to uh, another episode coming up soon about um, about the health care that is involved with Charlotte FC games um, at the stadium, but also um, the care that's going on behind the scenes, uh, the care manager for the families and players. Uh, we talk to them and we'll have that episode soon too. Thanks everybody. Until next time.